welcome to the Climb Your Mountain podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Maurer, a life coach, certified ultra running coach, and high altitude mountaineer. Each week, I show you how to train, eat, think, and live like an athlete so you can reach that summit, hike that hike, or finish that trail race. My passion is to empower people of all ages and sizes to get outside and live lives of adventure. Remember, endurance training will never be easier than today. So let's dive into the show. Hey friends, how you doing? As usual lately, I'm going to start the podcast with a COVID update, my long COVID update. Right now, as I'm recording this, it's December 9th, and I've been sick since September 29th. And overall, I'd say I'm doing really well. The new twist is that for the first time, I'm finally having really good days where I feel normal, which is so exciting, and it fills me with hope. And then I fall backwards and get sick again, have a little relapse. And if anything, that's more devastating than just feeling crappy all the time. But I do think it represents progress. And the other new development is that most of my symptoms are better, and then the thing that aggravates them is talking. So for example, Wednesday, I coached a few people, recorded a bonus podcast, and then led a committee meeting at night for Colorado Mountain Club. And then all day Thursday, I could barely talk. So I'm kind of leaning into this concept of resting my voice, like kind of like an opera singer, which I am not. But anyway, let's get into the topic for today. So as I mentioned in my email, and by the way, if you're not on my email list, what are you doing? It's like getting a whole nother podcast. For those of you who aren't on it, I'm going to put a subscribe link in the show notes so you don't miss out. But as I mentioned in my email, while I've been out of training, I've been finding it very hard to talk about training, which is why my Instagram has been kind of quiet last week. And I noticed that I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to come up with training topics that didn't feel too painful and upsetting to talk about. And then it hit me. I'm out of training. I have long COVID and I am so not alone in this. I am so not alone. So what if I just talk to the people, all of you who are in the same boat? And by the way, if you're not in the same boat at this exact moment, I have bad news. At some point in your outdoor athletic career, you will almost certainly be out of training for an extended period due to circumstances out of your control. This might be things like illnesses, injuries, whether those are acute or chronic. I mean, I have friends right now that are dealing with cancer. It's pretty extraordinary to watch. It can be something like pregnancy or just being a new mom, having very young children, trying to balance. I, I just like, like, let's have a shout out for all the moms, like all the people who are trying to balance like breastfeeding and getting up in the middle of the night and childcare with training, even for small things and sometimes for big things. I think that's so extraordinary. Hats off to you. I I can't imagine doing that. And then really any work or family commitment or personal project that keeps you really busy can take you away from training for a while. And it's kind of funny. I was watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy last night, the old one, and there's a scene where Frodo is kind of whining and he's saying, I wish the ring had never come to me. And he's like whining to Gandalf. And Gandalf says, you know, so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. 
All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. And of course, me being me, I see this and burst into tears. <laughs> but I think the question, it, the, I think that question was really resonating with me. And I'll ask it to you, what do we do with this downtime that is given to us right now? We can't change it. So is there a way that we could, in some way, use it to our advantage? And to help you do that, I'm going to share a to-do list today on the episode. These are all things I've been working on for the past 10 weeks, and there are three of them. So do you want to know what they are? Yes, you do. Let's, let's dive in here. So the first one is kind of funny but stay with me here. The first one is to practice doing nothing. And for some of you, I know that's like super scary. Did your butt clench up when I said that? (laughs) And, And if it did, you know that you're not alone. A lot of times when we are training for big events, one of the reasons that we do it, whether we realize this or not, is to fill up the empty spaces in our lives. A lot of athletes who put in tons of training time will say things like, I do it for my mental health. And the science suggests that this is true for moderate exercise, but I would posit that if you can't stop training, if you're always striving for something bigger and better, if you're very uncomfortable during the off season or between big events, you may be using training as a form of escape. And not that that's a bad thing. It's just a sign that all may, be, may not be well in the other areas of your life. And when you can't stop training, you really run the risk of overdoing it and you also will be the one who really suffers hardcore when you do have an inevitable illness or injury or something that keeps you out of training. So why is doing nothing so scary for athletes? And honestly, for a lot of us, a lot of people, if it's not training, it's overworking, it's over you know, anything that you over video gaming, over Netflixing, all the overs, right? We call them in coaching. And why is it so scary to kind of have to sit still and not indulge in the thing that distracts us. And here it is. Now that you can't train to fill up the empty spaces, you're going to have to face your truth, including the parts you don't like. And we all had to kind of do this to a certain extent during the pandemic. So for me, one thing that I realized when I had to kind of sit with myself and just be very honest, was that some of the people I I was hanging out with and spending a lot of time with, they were great activities partners, but they were maybe not really caring about me as a person. It was all good as long as I was available to do things. But if I was sick and had to stay home, they weren't going to be checking on me. They weren't going to be bringing me soup. And also, it was kind of funny. There was a little bit of horse trading with the weekend activities. So some of these people, they'd agree to do something with me. And then the second they got a better offer, they would like ditch me and go off with someone else. So it kind of became a bit of a like a tough way to live, but also kind of hard to break out of because that's just what I was doing every weekend, right? Another thing I noticed just about friends, this one is also related to friends, is that I, I was hanging out with some people that had like a really strong expectation of positive thinking. That was that that was their rule for themselves, that they always had to be thinking positive, couldn't entertain negative thoughts. And in, in a lot of cases, I, I think this happens sometimes on people's, there's a stage of the personal development journey where this becomes a thing. So yeah, it had kind of come on gradually. I hadn't realized it. 
And in some cases, I had kind of bought into it. I'm like, yeah, we should be positive all the time. And then as I got more coaching, I felt more comfortable with all of me. I felt a lot less comfortable with the positive thinking people because the darker, more honest parts of me, I felt like were not really welcomed by them. And that's me. That's part of me, right? And they would just ignore it when I would say something negative, but something that was true to me. Or they would treat that as an invitation to give me advice and try to fix me, which never goes well with your friends, right? So why are you telling me all of this, Sarah, this, 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 this whole idea of sitting, doing nothing, being with our truth, realizing all the things that are wrong with our life? This sucks. This is so wicked uncomfortable. So here's why I'm suggesting you do it anyway. Because you can't change your life if you're afraid to face it and see it for what it is. Until you get really naked, you know I love that word, and honest with yourself so you can see what's wrong, what needs some work, you will keep making the same mistakes. Yeah, so how do you practice doing nothing? There's no other way to do it but to literally do nothing. And I actually suggest that you set aside some time for it. Put it on your calendar from four to five. We are doing nothing. So some of my favorite ways to do nothing, if that makes sense, (laughs) are just to sit with a journal in my lap and I just kind of write down whatever comes in my head or or maybe some nothing comes and I just let that be fine too. Or sometimes I go for a walk alone and listen to music and just kind of see what comes into my brain. And a lot of times I feel either nothing nothing while this is all happening, which is fine, or even some discomfort during these activities. And then often I'll also get bursts of insight or creativity also. In fact, I find I'm actually most creative and productive when I schedule some do-nothing time. But above all, I just really want you to let it be uncomfortable lean into the idea that it's supposed to be uncomfortable. If it's really tough, just start with short bursts, maybe 10 minutes to start with, and then gradually lengthen it out as you build up that discomfort muscle. And when you clean up your life, I just want to offer this to you, you might find that these periods of downtime are way more bearable. And even that you don't need to run as much or train as much for your mental health and that you want to give more time and energy to other things, which in my opinion really is the definition of the good life. When you just have an abundance of people and activities to choose from and training is just one of those that you can choose with joy or not choose, when you can consciously make choices that fill you up, that's the good life. That really is what it's all about, in my humble opinion. So that's number one. Number two, thing I want you to work on during your downtime, release control. (laughs) I know this one's hard too. And it's because athletes tend to be very focused on doing rather than simply being, which means trying to control everything in our lives. We're very controlling about our food, our workouts, our sleep, our race strategy. And it tends to spill over into other areas of our life. So a funny example is podcasting for me. I, I I was recently listening to some of my earlier episodes where I really don't have a script and I'm just riffing and I'm like, I like it so much more. Right now, they are all scripted. Um, I, I don't strictly follow the script, but I do write out pretty much everything I'm going to say ahead of time. That's just the, 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 the controller in me, trying to control everything, trying to control how perfect it is, trying to control how 
much you like it. So I don't know if that's interesting to know, but that's what's going on. And one thing that I think is interesting is that we actually overestimate what we can control. We fall into this belief that if we control everything, then we'll be safe from disappointment and we'll always get the result we want, like finishing the race or getting to the summit. And then when it doesn't happen, we blame ourselves because we believe it's all under our control, right? Even when it really isn't. So you can see that we have these illusions of control that are actually not very healthy or useful. And when we get smacked with something we can't control, it really drives us apeshit. A great example is, is having long COVID. I literally cannot get rid of this by taking, a, taking action. And it's been kind of hilarious watching myself bargain with the universe. I kind of tell the universe if I just rest for X number of days and eat lots of fruit, I should fully recover in a week. And my brain can't understand why this grand plan is not working. And by the way, if there's one area of life where we've all been sold the idea of control, where we don't actually have it, it's our health. There's a whole industry out there that thrives off this idea of guilting us for not being healthy enough. And there's even a concept called healthism that equates healthy behaviors with personal worth. In other words, if you're healthy, you are doing life better than people who have obesity or joint problems or cancer. So it's no wonder that anytime we get sick, we feel like we're, we've done something wrong. So... How do we break this cycle? What can we do instead? I've talked in other episodes about the practice of surrender. It's all about releasing control and taking your hands off the wheel for a while. I like to think of it as letting the universe drive while I relax. And when we're surrendered, as we say, we're being, not doing. We're fully experiencing life moment by moment. Now, I know to a lot of you, this sounds like a total nightmare, <laughs> but consider this. When we're controlling everything around us, we're assuming that we know best and we may be missing out on a lot. You've probably had experiences that spectacularly didn't go the way you intended, but in a good way. And I tend to be kind of hyper-autonomous and believe I'm alone in the world, and that's okay because I don't need anyone anyway. And like an experience I had that I think was so powerful was I was camping in Italy, I broke my arm, and my arm was in this big old plaster cast, and camping with this cast on was just a nightmare. Like, I couldn't wash my dishes. I couldn't really cook my food with one hand um, because I couldn't really prepare food for myself. I went to, like, a pizzeria and tried to bring home half the pizza in the box. And because there was no, like, fridge or anything, I was in a tent. I'm like, oh, I'll just put the box on top of the RV hookup at my campsite. And so in the middle of the night, I, I actually saw the end of this. A fox jumped up and got the box and got my pizza. So I had nothing for breakfast. And... <laughs> Like, long story short, I was feeling so alone and forlorn. And the thing that was cool, though, is the all the other campers in the campsite who had been kind of keeping to themselves the next day when they saw me, like, trying to make, like, cook some breakfast with this one hand and this giant plaster cast, they all kind of immediately realized what happened and just all of a sudden I had a dozen new best friends. I got to meet all these awesome, adventurous people from all over the world and people shared their food with me and they even took my dishes and washed them all for me. So I went 
from feeling alone in the in like completely alone in the world and forlorn to feeling so cared about, so safe, so loved. And I think it was such a good life lesson. And if I had had it my way, if I had been able to control that situation, I would have missed it completely. So I challenge you to surrender now and then. And while you're there, just notice what wants to come to you. Really open yourself to the idea that by over-controlling, you might be missing out on something life just really wants you to experience. So this brings us to number three. And I only, like, like you got a pinky swear to me, you will do number one and two before you do number three. You're going to like number three more because it's more action oriented. (laughs) But I really think you shouldn't dive into number three until you've really kind of prepared the mind to receive all of it. So what is number three? This is to make your downtime bucket list. What is that? (laughs) The downtime bucket list reframes downtime as a rare opportunity to do something you wouldn't normally have time for. If you have a significant illness or injury, you might never have this much downtime again as you have right at this moment. And what happens is when we're in a training groove, when we're just kind of going along doing our training thing, we tend not to focus on all the pleasures, all the opportunities, all the life experiences we're missing out on because we're so focused on training. But I want to assure you that they are there. They are waiting to be discovered, even if you can't see them right away when you stop training. So you can approach this downtime bucket list in several ways. First, it can be a literal to-do list. Maybe this is the time when you get to take a beach vacation, learn to play the guitar, and try all the Thai restaurants in your city. And you can also give yourself a downtime project. So for example, in 2016, when I had surgery and couldn't run for a couple of months, I learned how to build a website in WordPress and I started a blog, which eventually became a very successful part-time business for me. And then during the COVID lockdown, which was another period of enforced downtime, I started this podcast that you are listening to right now. This was my pandemic project. And then while I've had long COVID, I've actually revived this podcast. It had been gone for a while. I had been thinking for almost like a year about bringing it back. And now I finally have time to do that. So I really encourage you to create a downtime bucket list for yourself. If it feels hard at first, you can start with very small things. You can start with just one thing. What's just one thing you've been putting off due to training? What do you want to do that you never seem to have time for? Just make that the first thing and then see about the next thing. And once you're on a roll and your brain is really warming up to this idea, I really encourage you to go big with this downtime bucket list. I mean, you're an endurance athlete. You're all about going big. So why not with your downtime activities? And you can ask yourself, how could I make this time so fucking amazing (laughs) that I might have a hard time getting back to training? And another question I play with, if I had to stay here forever, how would I make it so amazing that I wouldn't care? So there you go. Really good questions to ask yourself. And there you have it, my to-do list for you while you can't train. I really hope this keeps you busy. And do know that if you are in this boat right now, There are so many people in it with you, and I am here as well. Please feel free to reach out to me anytime on Instagram or reply to my emails. Just let me know what's up with you. 
we can commiserate, and maybe we'll both feel a little less alone in this time. So, all right, friends, that's it. Have a great week. I'll see you back here next Wednesday. And until then, go get it.